Welcome to the teaching ministry of The Cause Church. We pray you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Morning, we're so glad you're here. Are you glad to be in church today? Are you? You might as well be because you're here. You're stuck now, so you might as well be happy about it, but uh, we love you so much. We're glad that you joined. If you're joining us online, thanks for joining us as well. Uh, special welcome to Kev and his beautiful family. I just met with Eliana, which is a great name. God bless you guys. And I know you guys missed me last weekend, and you miss, especially missed my joke, so I really feel like this one's going to make up for it, or, or not, maybe. <laughs> But here we go. An Uber driver picks up a nun, and so she gets in the car and notices the handsome driver won't stop staring at her. So she just asks him why, why he's staring, and he replies, well, I'm sorry, but I have, I have a question to ask you. I just don't want to offend you. She, she answers, my son, you cannot offend me. When you're as old as I am and have been a nun as long as I have, you get a chance to see and hear just about everything. I'm sure there's nothing that you could say that would be offensive. He said, well, all right, well, I've always wanted a nun to kiss me. And she responds, well, let's see what we can do about that. You have to be single and you must be Catholic. And the driver replies very excitedly, yes, I'm single and I'm Catholic. She says, all right, we'll pull over. So the nun gives him a kiss and but when they start driving again, get back on the road, the driver starts crying. My dear child, said the nun, why are you crying? Forgive me, but I've sinned. I lied and I must confess. I'm married and I'm Jewish. The nun says, that's okay. My name is Stephen. I'm going to a Halloween party. If you like that joke, my name's John. If you don't, my name is Jim. So, uh, Lord, I apologize. Larry came by and says, Towards the end of last year, you heard in church news, but I felt like the Lord spoke to us and gave us a word for 2023, and the word is strength. Everybody say strength. strength. Believing that this year God is going to breathe fresh strength into our lives, individually, corporately as a church family, strength into our marriage, strength in our family, strength in our finances, strength in our health, in our bodies, but most importantly, strength in our walk with him, strength in our faith, strength in our relationship with him. And so that's what we want to begin the year by focusing on. Our, our vision statement at the church is real people completely in love with God, unconditionally loving his people, passionately serving him, and fully committed to bringing others to Jesus. In fact, I think we have that statement out on the lobby wall out there. That second statement is what, what I want to begin this year by focusing on, completely in love with God, which is a different way to, to say that, or, or part of that anyways, is worship. We're going to start a series today called Pursuing His Presence. Pursuing His Presence, and it's about worship. You know, it would have been easy for me to start a, a series on the new year that's like, you know, sounds really great. New year, new you. <laughs> but there's nothing more important, men and women, in many ways than worship and understanding worship. Because you were created to worship. I was created to worship. And so we're going to talk about the power of worship. We're going to talk about the physical, the biblical physical expressions of worship. I'm excited about that. I'll probably preach that next weekend. 
But today, I want to talk to you simply and kind of lay a foundation for this series. I want to talk about God's presence. The title of my message is simply, Worship Invites God's Presence. Worship Invites God's Presence. If you have your Bible, would you open with me to Exodus chapter 33, which is the second book of the Bible. And we're going to read from the New King James Version. In fact, as we do often here, I like to do it. Would you stand to your feet with me as we read this passage of Scripture together? One of the reasons we do that is because there is nothing like the Word of God. There's nothing more powerful. There's nothing more transforming. It's the foundation that we build our life on. And I think we ought to honor the Word of God. And so we can take a few minutes to stand. Let me pray. Father, we open up our hearts to you as we begin this new year. And we thank you for your word. Speak to us today. Challenge us, encourage us, teach us, change us. And we invite your presence into our lives in a new and a fresh way. In Jesus' name, if you agree, say amen. amen. Exodus 33, verse 7. Moses, who is... He had led the Israelites out of Egypt. They're wandering around in the wilderness now. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. So it was whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshipped, each man in his tent door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you. And that I may find grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. And he, referring to God, he said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then he, Moses, said to God, said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. As you're seated, look at the person next to you and say, I'm not quite sure how this happened, but you look way better than you did last year. Come on, go ahead and tell him. I want to give you just pretty simply this morning three principles of God's presence from, from this passage we just read. And number one is God wants to manifest his presence in your life. Say manifest. It's not a word that we often use. I'm going to explain it in a minute. When Moses would meet with God, when he would spend time with him, it says the pillar of cloud would descend on his tent. What was the pillar of cloud? It was the glory of and the presence of God. There are three primary expressions of the presence of God. Number one, I'll give these to you quickly. Number one is the omnipresence of God. 
which means that God is everywhere. God is everywhere all the time, all at once. He's God. Only God can, can do that. He's not limited by time or space. Psalm 139, verse 7, where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? <laughs> you can run from God, but you can't hide from God. You can't get away from his omnipresence. The second uh, expression of God's presence is the inner presence of God or the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. For every person who knows the Lord, who has surrendered their life to Jesus Christ, made him their Lord and Savior, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes and indwells you. Jesus teaches about the Holy Spirit, John 14, 15, 16, other places as well. But Jesus says this, John 14, verse 17, For he, the Holy Spirit, dwells with you and will be in you. And the third expression of God's presence, which is what we're focusing on today and in this series, is the manifest presence of God. The manifest presence of God. It is when God makes his presence known to you. Let me give an example to illustrate this. Imagine that I told you right now that there is a multi-billionaire with a B, a multi-billionaire in this room, in the sanctuary. His presence is among us. But if he or she got up out of their chair and began to do what only a multi-billionaire can do, which is handing out, going down, starting with Gary Tung here, our, our music director, and then to James, going down one by one and handing out $1 million cash to every single person in this room. Come on, somebody. <laughs> then he or she would be manifesting their presence. They would be doing what only they can do. They would be making their presence known. By the way, for sake of illustration, if there is a multi-billionaire in the room right now, Feel free to get up out of your chairs and do what I, just, what I just said. When we come to church, when we come Sundays at 10 a.m., when we gather together to worship the Lord, His presence is among us. Always. All the time. Jesus promised that. Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. But God wants to manifest his presence and make his presence known in your life. God, in other words, God wants to do what only he can do in your life. He wants to save you. He wants to heal you. He wants to bless you. He wants to provide for you. He wants to give you his joy. He wants to crush depression in your life and give you peace. Somebody say amen. He wants to overwhelm you with his love. He wants to give you strength. He wants to do what only he can do. I, I hear this fairly often when I talk to people that are newer to the church, and I get kind of different, they say it in different ways, but people who kind of have a church background, they say, man, I really like this. One of the things I love about the church is I feel the presence of God. Other people who don't, you know, don't, are, don't go to church or haven't been to church a whole lot, I can tell when they're talking to me, they say, I feel good when I come there. You know why they feel good? It's not just because Pastor Chris is nice or a lot of people are smiling. It's because they feel the manifest presence of God even if they can't put words to it. Listen, there is nothing like his presence. There is nothing, men and women, like the presence of God. And I feel strong that this is a word for us. There is nothing like the presence of God in your life. 
the presence, just a moment in the presence of God, it can change and heal and fix a whole lot of stuff. Listen, I believe in counseling. I believe in celebrate recovery. I know healing and getting free from addiction and bondage. I understand. I know sometimes it's a journey. Sometimes it's a process. But just getting into the presence of God on a regular and consistent basis, that'll do a whole lot for your, for your walk, for your life, for your soul. I tell people when I talk to them, you know, Pastor, would you pray for me? You know, I'm struggling in my marriage. I'm having this issue. I'm having that issue. A lot of times, and sometimes I know people, I see them like once or twice a year. And I tell them, one of the things you need to do, you just need to show up here every single week. Just get in his presence. My, my friend came over yesterday. His name's Chris. He's a plumber. We had a plumbing issue. He's a great guy. He goes to another church. But I know his background. Chris has a crazy background. He was a hardcore, hardcore, hardcore drug addict. Was almost lost his marriage, almost lost his family. He met Jesus, and Jesus completely turned him around. And he told me yesterday, he, he was just talking to me. I didn't tell him what I was preaching on. He said, he said, I was the worst of addicts. He said, I was a hardcore addict. He said, there, and this is how he said it, there is nothing, there is nothing, there is nothing, there is nothing that comes close to the presence of God. <laughs> We need the presence of God in our life. Exodus 33, 14, God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. That's a great phrase in Hebrew, nuach, give you rest. It means that his presence comforts, his presence settles, his presence quiets, his presence gives peace. Only the presence of God can do that. Psalm 16, verse 11, in your presence is fullness of joy. You want more joy in your life? You need more of his presence in your life. Our goal at every worship service, and since my, my parents led the church, my dad taught us this, it is still our goal to this day. It's two things. Every single time we gather, number one, that you would be loved just as you are because that's how God loves you. And the second is that you would experience his presence. Men and women, it, I, I am not up here. Paul says, I did not come with wise and persuasive words. I came in demonstration of the power of the kingdom of God. I'm not interested in leading a church, you know, that just, it's a 45-minute service, and there's three songs, and everybody's sitting down and watching the singers sing up there, and then, the, and then you give a 15-minute you know, message with three practical points. I'm not interested in that. I am interested in trying to get you into the presence of God. I'm not interested in just building a church of good church attenders or people who tithe and give. I'm not interested in that. I am interested in having you in, in, in leading you into a place, in Sarah and the team, through preaching, through worship, through everything we do, in getting you into a place where you experience and encounter the presence of God. Because if you do that, your life will be changed. Come on, your life will be turned around. That's what changed your life is the presence of Jesus in your life. We need the presence in our life. We need his presence. You, you, you ought to have a, a desire, I think, when we come to church. God, I'm not leaving today. I'm not leaving today until I experience your presence. I'm not leaving if your presence doesn't go with me. I'm not leaving my time with you today, Lord, my devotional quiet time, whatever you call it, if your presence doesn't go with me. I'm not stepping foot into that business meeting tomorrow, into my workplace, if your presence doesn't go with me. I'm not going into another year. I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to go another day in 2023, God, if your presence doesn't go with me. That's what Moses said. By the way, it's, it's possible to leave God's manifest presence in, in, in your life. I just skipped through a ton of my notes, but that's all right. It is possible to leave God's manifest presence in your life 
Adam and Eve in Genesis 3.8 says they disobeyed God. They, they rebelled against God. They did what God had told them not to do. And it says that they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Because that's part of the effect of sin is that when we sin, when we disobey against God, you want to hide from God. You want to hide from his presence. Jonah did the same thing. Jonah 1.3, we just did a series on that. It says, God said, Jonah, go to, go to Nineveh. It says, Jonah fled to Tarshish. He fled from the presence of the Lord. And the way that we leave his presence is just through sin. It's through willful disobedience. It's not doing what God says. It's, it's not doing what he's asked us to do. Maybe the reason that you're not experiencing God's presence in your life right now, maybe there's an area that God's told you to do something and you haven't done it yet. <laughs> Maybe he's asked you to forgive somebody who's hurt you and you don't want to. You're missing out on his presence. Maybe, maybe it's ending a relationship. You're connected. You're hooked up with somebody right now. And you know it, he or she is not good for you. God says you need to end that. You don't want to. You're missing out on his presence. Maybe it's, maybe it's tithing. You know, maybe God spoke to you about tithing and you're saying, I'm not doing that. You're missing out on his presence. I'm getting no amens here, but that's all right. If you want God's presence, men and women, more than anything else, then do what he says. Listen to him. You can make the choice today to obey. Lamentations 3 says, The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Amen. Every morning you ought to wake up, you ought to get fresh coffee and fresh mercies from the Lord. The second point, I just jumped into it, is God's presence is more important than anything else. God's presence is more important than anything else. By the way, the, the reason that God created you, one of the reasons he created you, listen to me, is because God desires your presence. He desires your presence. He desires your adoration, your worship. A way that we often say here is he wants a relationship with you. Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship. Jesus came, he lived, he died, he rose from the dead. Why? To bring us into relationship with God. So we could have a friendship, we could have a relationship with God. Like, like it says about Moses, he spoke with God face to face as a man speaks with his friend. If you don't believe me, listen to what Jesus said, John 15, 15. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Revelation 3.20, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as what? Hello, as what? As friends. So not only can you experience the presence of God at church, but you can live in his presence every day in your life. If God's presence, my second point, God's presence is more important than anything else. And you see that in Moses, his interaction with God. Moses had a passionate pursuit of God's presence. God, if your presence doesn't go with me, I don't, I don't want to go. Let me say it like this. Occasionally, this might, may or may not be hard for you to believe, but occasionally, my beautiful wife Jenny, who's, who's not here yet, Jenny and I will get into a... A spirited disagreement. <laughs> you might call it a fight or a heated argument. And in fact, it just happened not too long ago, a couple weeks ago. And we got into spirited disagreement. Listen, and for a couple of days, things were not good. And so even though, here comes Jenny right now. I was just talking about you, babe, and how wonderful you are. <laughs> and there's Eliana. I got another Eliana to introduce you to after service, huh? 
for a couple of days, I'm embarrassed to admit, mostly my fault, all my fault. <laughs> Listen, even though we were in the same house, hear me, even though we were in the same house, and I was in Jenny's presence, I wasn't in her presence. I was not, I was not experiencing the blessing and the benefit and the joy of being married to my beautiful wife, Jenny. Some of us come to church. We come to the house of God week after week, month after month, year after year. And we're in his presence, but we're not in his presence. We're in his presence, but let me say it like this. We're not entering into his presence. We're not experiencing his presence. Some of us come and we do. We do enter into the presence of God through worship because worship invites his presence. But then we go about the rest of our week, Monday through Saturday, and we don't enter his presence again. And we're just trying to tough it out the next six, seven days just to get back to church and get into the presence of God. Men and women, we need to learn to live in his presence every single day. Number three, here's, here's the third and the last point, is worship invites God's presence. Whether or not you realize it, we all worship something or someone because God created us to worship. We were made to worship. Some people worship their jobs. Some people worship money. Some people worship shopping. Some people worship golf. Some people worship a sports team. Some people worship their pet. Some people worship a relationship. Worship is reverent devotion and allegiance. Or another way to say it, worship is our response to whatever we value the most. Worship is our response to what we value the most. You can tell what you really worship in your life by the amount of time and money and energy and effort that goes into that thing. Listen, God wants us to love and enjoy life. He has no issue with that. God does not have an issue with you having money. He has an issue when money has you. You can have hobbies. You can have houses. You can have those things as long as those aren't first place in your life. As long as you're not, you're not living your life for, for those things. Because whatever you worship, your life begins to head in that direction. And God wants to be number one in your life. That's really the issue of worship. He wants to be first place. Not second, not third, not 28th, not 105th. He wants to be number one. That's why, that's why we worship on the first day of the week on Sunday. That's why we give the first 10% of our resources called the tithe to the Lord. That's why we seek the kingdom of God first, like Jesus says in Matthew 6, That's why prayer is our first option. That's why we begin January, the first of the year, with prayer and fasting to dedicate that to the Lord. Come on, somebody. The first commandment, Exodus 23, you shall have no other gods before me. If you made a list of priorities in your life, just being honest, mentally or actually do it, if you made a list of priorities in your life, where is God? And where do you want him to be? And what do you need to do to put him there? Worship invites God's presence. Moses would go, he would spend time with God, the presence of God would come. And it says in verse 10 that all of Israel... From their tents, which were their homes at the time. They were temp that's what they were living in. From their homes that they would worship the Lord. Like, like Moses and the Israelites, we need our homes to become a place of worship and meeting with God. You might think, what does that mean? How do you do that? Well, there's three basic ways, men and women. It's prayer, it's the word, and it's worship. 
If you want the presence of God in your life every single day, not just Sunday here at church, you need to pray, you need to seek God in prayer, you need to read the word, and you need to worship. That 21 days of prayer, that's the handout right there. You can look at it. Listen, it starts tomorrow, 21 days of prayer and fasting. There's a lot of corporate prayer expressions that we're offering. I want to encourage you, at least come on Wednesday night, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock for the next couple of weeks for our Wednesday worship and prayer nights. If you have a high school student, bring them. They can go to the high school youth meeting. We will teach you. Some of us don't really know how to pray. Some of us don't feel comfortable praying out loud. Some of us just want to grow. We will teach you how to grow. That's why we're offering uh, these, these corporate gatherings of prayer. Monday through Friday at noon, you can come and show up. Thursday nights, you can go to our prayer room led by Pastor Cindy. You can soak in the presence of God. Let people pray for you. See what God begins to break off of your life. I want to encourage you, pray and seek the Lord, men and women, more than you have before. You can, and, and fast too, by the way. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talks about prayer and fasting. And Jesus says, when you fast, not if you fast. Fasting is a normal and healthy part of Christianity. It's not just for the uber super Christians. It's for all of us. I know we normally don't talk about that. Fasting is not dieting, okay? (laughs) Some of us are wearing skinny jeans, and when we bought them, they weren't skinny jeans. (laughs) I put on a pair of jeans, asked Shetty this morning. She said, you are not going anywhere wearing those jeans anymore. Those things look like leggings. You're not wearing those again. Dieting changes the way you look. Fasting changes the way you see. Fasting from from food or from anything, what what does it do? It disciplines your flesh and it strengthens your spirit. If you start fasting from food, you will be absolutely shocked, especially if you've never done it before, how often you think of food. And one of the reasons we fast from food, by the way, is that when you get physically hungry, it reminds you, I need to turn to the Lord. I need to pray. I need to get in his word. I need to get in his presence. I need to worship him. I want to encourage you. Some of us, you know, we didn't hear a lot of fasting teaching when I grew up in church. We, we talk about it here. If you've never fasted before, I want to encourage you in some way, do some sort of a fast. Now, I know not all of us can do fast from food. Maybe you could fast from sugar or coffee or something. I don't know, whatever the Lord would put on your heart. Whatever. I know some people do a full 21-day you know, juice fast. But listen, even if you can't fast from food or don't want to, you can fast from something else in your life and give that time and energy to the Lord. What about fasting from social media for 21 days? I'm, I promise you, this is a money-back guarantee. If you fast from social media and you give that time to the Lord, I bet you something's going to shift and change in your heart. Maybe it's from streaming shows or whatever it is. But the point is, you spend that time seeking the Lord. Pray and fast. That's how you invite his presence into your life. And another way, men and women, is through the word of God. It's get into the word of God. By the way, let me say this real quick. 21 days of prayer and fasting. I am, we are going to pray together as a church. I am praying that there are going to be miracles that happen in 21 days. And one of the things I'm praying for, I'm serious about this. Normally, I'll be honest with you. Normally, I go into fasting, and I don't go in with a good attitude. That's, that's the truth. You can ask my wife. You know, she's like, oh, you're fasting. She can tell. Hey, grumpy, irritable. Why? Because all that stuff in your flesh begins to come out, and God wants to deal with it. 
But I'm, I'm praying for my Aunt Sally, my mom's sister, two years older. I just saw her earlier in the week. She needs a miracle in her body. I am praying and asking God to bring a miracle in her body. If you want us to pray, send an email to prayeratthecause.cc. We will pray. Pastor Cindy won't. We will pray over these things. Darlene will intercede. We're believing God for a miracle. Pray and fast. But get also, men and women, into the word of God. Get into God's word. The tool that we use here that my dad developed is the Grow Journal. This is called the Grow Journal. It's a tool that we use to help you hear from God every single day and get into his word. I'm, I'm laughing because, hi, Eliana. This is so cute. I'm laughing because my dad used to say, he said this more than once. So if you don't like this, blame my dad. He used to say, I'm going to up my Bible reading this year, so up yours too. <laughs> come, come on. We need, to read, we need to read more of the Bible than we ever have. One chapter a day for the New Testament, you could read through the New Testament, you could read through Psalms and Proverbs in a year. Men and women, that doesn't take you too long. You think, I'm too busy for that. Guess what? Then you're too busy. Your priorities need to change. My priorities need to change. I want to challenge some of you. Some of you have never read through the entire Bible. You know, you, you read the parts that you like. You need to read through the entire Word of God. You don't need to understand all of it. I don't understand all of it. Don't worry about that. But you need to make a goal for yourself. About four chapters a day, depending on how fast or slow you read. you got to read the Bible. Get into God's Word. Use the Grow Journal. In fact, the Grow Journals are available at, uh, out in the lobby on your way out. Normally, they're like five bucks. And today, I just want to get it into your hands. We'll teach you how to use it, by the way. Take next steps. We'll teach you how to read the Bible. If you want God's presence, you need to pray. You need to seek God. You need to get in His Word. The third thing, men and women, you need to worship the Lord. Worship invites His presence. In fact, maybe I could, if I could say it like this, I think the fastest way to get into his presence is with worship. What does worship do? It, it takes the focus off of yourself, it takes the focus off of your circumstances, and it puts the focus on the Lord. We're going to talk more about this, and next week I think it's really going to be real practical. It's going to help, it's going to help free some of us in a way to experience God's presence more than ever before. But let me say this right now. Worship is more than just singing. It is more than just singing. Sometimes I worship, you know, we worship, I worship at church for 15, 20 minutes. And when I sing, that is worship. That is praise. But worship is more than just singing. Listen to me. But you cannot completely and fully worship God without singing. You can't because the Bible, that's what the Bible says. Worship, so I'll give you one verse right now. Psalm 100 verse 2. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his what? Come into his presence with what? With singing. With singing. Listen, I don't know about you. But I need the presence of God in my life. I want the presence of God in my life. Obed-Edom, Pastor Joe, you read about Obed-Edom in the Old Testament. Got the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God. His house was blessed. As long as the presence of God was there, his house was blessed. Listen, you need the presence of God in your life. You need the presence of God in your marriage. You need the presence of God in your family, in your kids. You need the presence of God with you everywhere you go. I want my children to look at me and say, not say, man, dad was grumpy or dad yelled at us a lot. I want to say, dad was a man of God. He knew the presence of God. He spent time with God. He looked like Jesus. And I want to love and serve Jesus because of him. Sorry, I get emotional sometimes. I start thinking about my dad. I'm not a pastor. I'm not in ministry because my dad was a pastor and I'm taking over the family business. 
I'm here because my dad was a man of God. And he walked, sorry, I, if you don't know, my, my dad died about two years ago. And him and my mom led the church and I've, I've cried a lot in the last two years. You just go back and watch YouTube, it's like every other week. But he, he loved the presence of God. When, Wednesday nights, wasn't it, Sarah? Worship and prayer nights. Man, he loved those worship and prayer nights. It's being the presence. That's my goal for us. Let's get in his presence. Would you stand your feet with me if you would? And That's what we're going to do right now, men and women. We're going to sing. We're going to worship the Lord. Come on, get beyond yourself. Words will be on the screen. Maybe raise your hands and surrender. Let's worship the Lord. Let's seek his presence right now. Thanks for listening to this message from The Cause Church. For more information about The Cause or for further resources, visit our website, thecause.cc or call 714-255-0930.